You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. It is a little warm out here today, but you know what? I am not going to complain about it because I get to look at every single one of you. It's been a year since we've gotten together. I cannot believe this. But God is good. Gave me a little bit of cloud cover here to take the edge off just a little bit. But again, good morning, South Bay, our South Bay Church family, and a warm, warm welcome to each and every one of you that are our guests here this morning. My name is Steve Marici, and welcome to our Easter service. You know, I'm going to be getting my uh, second vaccination here in a few days, and in this uh, cancel culture we tend to find ourselves in the midst of, I'm hoping that we get to this point of herd immunity, vaccinations, people have been exposed, that we flat cancel COVID. Are you with me? Yeah. This is definitely one of the things I'd like to see canceled here. You know, in the eyes of many, uh, looking back at this past year, Easter 2020, I think some of us felt like that was canceled. You know, we didn't have the big family get-togethers, the Easter egg hunts, all the incredible time we get together as family. And I know some may still feel that way a little bit today. Um, you know, we, we do actually have a couple of uh, Easter lilies out here. I want to thank, again, our tech team, our worship team, everybody that's been helping put this together this morning. They've all been here since 7 a.m. Jen Rusi was here. Rusty was here uh, probably around 6.45-ish or so to get the thing unlocked for us. But, uh, you know, thinking this through, can Easter be canceled? Can Easter be canceled? Well... Some may view it as canceled. You know, again, when it comes to what we maybe are used to, if we're talking about celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, then I believe for many, the resurrection of Jesus has been kind of lost in the flurry of all the stuff that's associated with this. I mean, you walk into a Rite Aid, you get bombarded with aisles upon aisles of Easter candy and baskets and all the rest of that stuff, right? I mean, there are some churches on Easter Sunday that are actually relying on drones to drop candy for the kids. And I think in a lot of ways we can lose sight of what Easter is all about. You know, the last few months, uh, there's lots of things, people, institutions that have been canceled. Some of those most recently canceled, Pepe Le Pew. It's true. It is true. Hashtag cancel Pepe Le Pew. Mr. Potato Head has been canceled. He's just potato head. No pronoun. Dr. Seuss, we know a number of his books have been canceled. You know, there was a, a huge campaign on both Instagram and Twitter to cancel Miss Piggy. The hashtag was actually cancel Miss Piggy. Uh, one, of the, one of the tweets read, cancel Miss Piggy for abusing and harassing Kermit the Frog. He repeatedly rejected her, but she kept advancing and also beat him up more than once. Another added, it's important to remember, partner spousal abuse is wrong. Now, guys, aren't these puppets? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just glad that uh, the Toomeys and our crew there, our Kids Kingdom crew with the puppets, hasn't been canceled, amen? amen. You know, you may find this uh, interesting, maybe find it hard to believe. There is a hashtag, cancel old white guys. There's another one that says, cancel old white dudes. What the heck is up with that? 
Oh, that's me. Now, fortunately, it didn't catch a whole lot of traction. I know some of you are right now on your phones checking to see you're fact-checking me. You can go right ahead and do that. You'll find that there's less than 100 posts for each, but somebody thought it up. Somebody went after it. And you know, when it comes to cancel culture, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So how about canceling Easter? And actually, if we take that back a few steps, it was something that they uh, started going after a little bit before Easter. And ultimately, it culminated on Good Friday. And I, I just really want to thank each and every one of you that came out to our candlelight vigil. It was a great time worshiping God, amen, and with the hope of what we would have today, which is the resurrection. But the Jewish religious leaders of the day tried to cancel Christ. Satan tried to cancel Christ. And I know Satan was fired up when he heard Jesus utter those last words, it is finished. And I guarantee you, he thought it was done. You know, on, on the very first Easter, the Jewish power players anxiously conspired and planned to make sure Easter would be canceled. If you have your Bibles with me, or your electronic version, whatever it is, either scroll, flip the page, click through to Matthew 27, verse 62. And if my uh, forehead's getting a little wet, I forgot to bring my squeegee this morning, so just bear with me. Matthew 27, verse 62. So the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees sent, went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver Jesus said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order to the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. The last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and they made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. You know, this, this surprised me a little bit in this passage in that the Jewish leaders remembered what Jesus said about rising from the dead. Now, his disciples had heard this on multiple occasions and uh, weren't quite as astute as to what that meant, but Luke tells us the disciples didn't understand it. The Jewish leaders understood what it meant, but of course, they either didn't either believe it, they didn't want to believe it, or they thought it might happen, but they were not fired up about the implications. The Jewish leaders wanted to make sure that in case it wasn't going to take place, that the disciples would not try to perpetuate this hoax by stealing the body of Jesus, then claiming that he'd risen from the dead. Pilate agreed to help them. He agreed to cancel Easter. And he did so by posting guards, and yet he said something kind of strange in that he says, go make the tomb as secure as you know how. Now, think about this with the disciples. Um, not necessarily the most uh, aggressive, warrior-type people on the face of the planet, right? Now, we do know one of them was a little aggressive, the guy that cut off an ear, Peter. And from what the Bible tells us, doesn't allude to anybody else having a sword among them, other than the one that Peter had in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, we also know that once Jesus was seized, what did the disciples do? They all fled. They scattered when Jesus was crucified, except for the women and Joseph and Nicodemus, sisters. You guys obviously seem to be a little more in tune with spiritual matters on these occasions. You go ahead and we can get a little bit more applause for each other there. 
I, I would tend to agree, from what I've seen through the years, just even within my own marriage, that the women tend to be a little bit more spiritual. I'm grateful for that. I, I heard the hum, Jack. But thinking this through, who was going to go and overcome the guards with one sword? Why would the disciples try to steal the body? And as Paul tells us much later in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, as is our faith. If Jesus was dead, the movement was dead. In fact, there was no plot to steal Jesus' body, and after lying low on the Sabbath, we know that his disciples were in hiding. Only some women, again, there's those women, they ventured out at dawn on Sunday, and you know, again, I would not imagine not too much of a threat to the guards that were guarding the tomb, yet Pilate's words became a prophecy here, make the tomb secure as you know how. How secure was that? Well, let's continue in Matthew 28, verse 1. Matthew 28, verse 1. It says, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. I mean, that means they passed out and fainted, right? Verse 5 says, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Now I have told you, so that the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus meant them, Greetings, he said. And they came and they clasped his feet and they worshipped him. Then verse 10, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. So as we've just read, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was anything but canceled. It proceeded as planned. The guards felt an earthquake and they saw an angel bright like lightning in the dawn of day. They were so afraid they shook, they trembled. And the woman heard the angel say, don't be afraid. Again, do not be afraid. And the angel announced the news that they could hardly imagine. He's not here. He's risen. And as the women hurried away, afraid, yet filled with joy, Jesus met them. And he too said to them, do not be afraid. Yeah. Now, is there a theme here that uh, we're starting to catch? Yeah. Do you see a theme here? Yeah. Fear not. Do not be afraid. You know, and this is exactly what we're hearing today from some when it comes to the pandemic. You know, there, there's uncertainty. There's f fear involved with this. Now, why should we not be afraid? I mean, after all, these are pretty crazy, chaotic times, right? People have died. And for those of you that have suffered losses, we grieve and we mourn with you for those losses. There are those that are still dying from the pandemic. Businesses have closed. Livelihoods have been stripped away. Long-term impact, we don't know what the impact's going to be on our children. We don't know what the impact's going to be on our own physical and mental health. Yet the angel of the Lord and Jesus himself said to the disciples, then, as they say to us now, fear not. Not because we don't see danger. We do. Not because we have everything under control. Because we don't. Right? But fear not, not because we don't see the danger, not because we are not in control of everything, but we should not be afraid 
because Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty. He is alive. Amen? God's power doesn't make our fear disappear. But God is greater than anything we fear. Fear not. Do not be afraid. You know, we look at the Jewish power players of the day. They were afraid. They were afraid that if people turned to God, if people believed the gospel that Jesus Christ preached, that they would lose out. And at this point in time, they were still trying to cancel Easter. Let's continue in Matthew 28, verse 11. It says, while the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you were to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while you were asleep. If there's a report gives to the governor, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. They tried to cancel Easter. You know, and this account is something that's been widely circulated amongst the Jews to this very day. Jewish leaders did not want to discover the truth about what happened. They wanted to cancel or to manage the truth about the resurrection. And you know what, honestly, when it comes to human nature, I can be like this. I think we all can have this propensity as humans that, you know, when it comes to the truth, well, what is the truth? And maybe it's a truth that we're not willing to face. Or it's a truth that we want to try to manage. We cancel these truths or we manage them in a way that makes us ultimately feel better, if only temporarily. Financial problems, what do we do? We can keep adding those credit cards and watch the debt continue to go up as we try to stay, keep things afloat with credit. Addiction in our families might be something that's managed not by talking about the problem, but just pretending it's not there. Sins are hidden, conflict avoided by the silent treatment or pretense, and depression in a lot of instances is something we try to mask with a smile. You know, we can see this when it comes to the coronavirus, the pandemic that we're in the midst of. Politicians and world leaders attempting to manage the truth about the virus and its victims. And you know, when it comes to the overall outcome, the full extent of the epidemic and the death toll, honestly, up to this point in time, it probably hasn't been totally revealed. And in a lot of instances, it was done to protect economies, governments, and political leaders. Only when the truth got to a point where it could no longer be ignored, did some leaders come forward with additional details on the actual death tolls that were involved in. Think about this. We are 365 plus days in to what was supposed to have been a 14-day shutdown. You know, the Jewish religious leaders of Jesus' day didn't want to know the truth about whether Jesus rose from the dead or not. They only wanted to manage the situation. They wanted to cancel the situation because if Jesus actually rose from the dead, it would threaten their way of life. They would no longer have this ultimate power and religious authority, and they would ultimately lose their status and their support. You know, the truth of the resurrection would threaten the way of life in the entire Jewish establishment. And even today, some people see the resurrection of Jesus as a threat because if Jesus rose from the dead, what are the implications for us? Might have to do a reassessment of how we're living our lives. Because if Jesus rose from the dead, doesn't that mean Jesus is Lord? Doesn't that mean Jesus is the ultimate authority on moral behavior? 
And think about what this means today for us in our culture, our world, our society. Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus demands total commitment to his kingdom, total commitment to righteousness, and transform lives. And Jesus calls people ultimately to be like him and to humble themselves and take up their cross and serve him, serve God the Father in heaven, and ultimately submit to his authority. You know, the lordship of Jesus is viewed by some as a threat, but as to actual disciples of Jesus Christ, to his followers, it's life-giving. Because if Jesus rose from the dead, doesn't that mean anything whatsoever is possible? You know, we've had the opportunity through the 10 years we've been here to listen on multiple occasions to many of you talk, to, talk about how when you made Jesus Christ Lord of your lives, the amazing transformation that took place. That's the power of Christ. That's the power of Jesus being Lord in our lives. Forgiveness, emotional, mental, and physical healing is possible. Even defeat and regret can be turned into victory. You know, relationships can be restored. You know, I look at my marriage to, to Jacqueline. We got a few decades under our belt. But I guarantee you for a fact, we wouldn't be married today. And there was adultery. I committed adultery two years into our marriage. And it's been amazing to see how God has taken what was broken and healed it and made it whole again. To those who deny and continue to deny the power and authority and lordship of Jesus Christ, it is a threat to their way of life. You know, and it's being a Christian. How many of you guys would say being a Christian, being a disciple of Jesus Christ is comfortable? not one of you that's willing to raise your hand <laughs> because we know it's not necessarily comfortable there are days that are flat uncomfortable because we know what's ahead of us we know the challenges we know the attacks of satan we know what goes on in the workplace you know for many of us this past year mortality wasn't an issue but it has been right you know, when I had whatever I had back in February, when my daughter had COVID, my grandbaby had COVID and was in the hospital, you don't think mortality was in my face? But there was peace because I know that God's got it and God's in control. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I recently heard, and I believe it to be true, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I would say it like this, true life in Christ begins at the end of your comfort zone. You know, hopefully you're not feeling too comfortable today because we can get there. And I think when we're comfortable, it's because we're drifting. We've lost sight of the gratitude we should have and the significance of what's taken place over the last three days. Jesus is risen and Lord of all things. Nothing's to be withheld from his lordship. I want, I want to really pay attention here for a moment. What is in your life that you've not surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. What have you withheld? He is Lord of all or not at all. And we can't have it both ways. You know, the Jewish leaders did not recognize the Lordship of Jesus, so they in vain tried to cancel Jesus, cancel the victory of Easter morning. But they failed because Easter would not be canceled. Jesus Christ could not be canceled. And meanwhile... There were a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus. 
And they were sad, and they were disappointed. Jesus joined them on the road, and they didn't recognize him until they sat down and broke bread with him. When they did, they rushed back to Jerusalem, joining the disciples in time for Jesus to appear. And he entered a room with the door still closed, shut, and locked. And he spoke to them, and he ate some broiled fish with them. Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them, and we know he went on to become Doubting Thomas. He didn't believe their account of what took place. But the following Sunday, Jesus again appeared, inviting Thomas to touch him. And Thomas then said, My Lord and my God. He tapped out. He realized that Jesus hadn't been canceled. And he made Jesus Lord of his life. You know, Paul tells us that when Jesus had appeared, he went on to appear to more than 500 followers. He also appeared to James, one of Jesus' brothers, who at this point in time wasn't a believer yet. And the resurrection of Jesus made it impossible for the disciples to be silenced. Peter and John, when they were warned by the authorities to stop speaking about Jesus in Acts 4.20, said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. What did they see? Did they see a canceled Easter? Did they see a canceled Christ? No, they saw a resurrected Savior. And the very thing that they would lay their lives down for to get the word out. Amen? You know, for those that believe, that have faith in the resurrected Jesus, those that have made Jesus Lord, we've been given a new life. We've been given hope and a future through the blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been given resurrected lives. In Colossians 2, verse 13, it says, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature, which was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Jesus canceled. It's right there in the Bible. Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And then in verse 15, it says, In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Listen to me, South Bay Church. Do we live resurrected lives? Are you living a resurrected life? You know, as we come to what I hope is the end of the pandemic, and I'm not holding my breath on that one, but it seems to be trending in the right direction. Are you walking the talk? Because this is a time to assess our faith and deeds. Does your faith match up? Is the resurrection the hope, this hope of heaven? Is the lordship of Jesus evident in your daily life? See, the lordship of Jesus is not a one-time ceremonial proclamation. It's a practical practice each and every day, a walk and a discipline to place Jesus as head and authority of every single day of our lives. You know, I remember sp specifically where the challenge started for me. would have been about December 7th, 1990. My wife and I started studying the Bible on December 1st of that year. And, um, you know, after we studied out discipleship and realized we weren't disciples and we weren't saved, uh, we went after it pretty aggressively. We uh, started studying on a Monday, and we got baptized the following Monday. But I remember December 7th was, I mean, there were some areas of my life that I was starting to count the cost on, as we see in the book of Luke, yeah. you know, that whole building the tower thing. And, uh, 
it was uh, interesting. On that Friday night, I had already made arrangements with a guy who knew a guy. My wife had a uh, Mustang LX convertible, and for those of you who know the Mustang back then, the LX had some really cheesy rims, right? The Mustang GT, at that point in time, had come out with these amazing Fittipaldi five-spoke 16-inch wheels. What were they again? Fittipaldi five-spoke wheels, 16-inch. It was a you know, brushed nickel finish. Anyway, they, that set of wheels goes for about 2500 bucks. But I knew a guy who knew a guy, and he could get me a set for 400 The problem with it is I knew how the guy that knew a guy was getting the wheels to me for 400 bucks. He would roll into a dealership with his jack, had a little power tool, zip, 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 wheels gone. And it's like, man, why couldn't this have happened a week or two prior to this? Just keeping it real, that went through my head. And I remember, I remember calling him up, and it's like, dude, I, I got to cancel, man. He's like, what are you getting cold feet for? I'm like, well, I'm studying the Bible, I'm not a Christian, I want to be a Christian, and I know this isn't right. And for those of you that have been around for any time, it, aren't most days, days we wake up and we got to count the cost about something? And it's that faith in Jesus, that looking to the cross, that understanding as to what he did for us personally that gives us the ability when we count the cost to make the right decision. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54. Two more passages and I'll land this plane. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die... This scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And guys, it's right there. The most significant thing you want to walk away with today is because of what took place on that cross, what took place in that tomb, and ultimately what came out of that tomb, sin and death have been canceled. That is something worth applauding, amen? You know, this Easter Sunday, 2021, the place that we normally meet may be empty. But please take comfort in this fact. So is the tomb of Christ. Amen. Empty. Amen. Church services can be canceled. Public celebrations can be canceled. My tickets to Heinz Field October 17th, 2020 were canceled. For those of you who don't know me and couldn't see my mask, yes, I am a Steelers fan, and that is where they play, Heinz Field. The truth of Easter is that Jesus rose from the dead it cannot be canceled because his tomb is empty. You know, maybe this Easter, resurrection may have even greater impact in our lives and that we have been humbled by our inability to control our health, our situations, our economy. And this Easter, in some ways, maybe we're less distracted by the endless activities because there hasn't been a whole lot of that going on, even though things are gradually opening up again. You know, we're, our region, L.A. County, is supposed to be slipping into the orange on Monday. We'll see. 
This Easter, we're less distracted by endless activities, and maybe we have a better understanding as to just how precious life is. Amen. You know, this Easter, we're forced to face the reality of death, our own mortality in ways that we could otherwise have avoided in the recent past. Our prayer on Easter is expressed by Paul in Ephesians 1, verse 18 through 20. And it's my prayer for myself and for each and every one of you. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's each and every one of you guys. And I, you know, I'm, I'm sensing today, looking back at this past year, we probably are appreciating this ability to fellowship together a little bit more than we have in the past. Are you with me on that, church? I'm going to start that over again. Verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. South Bay Church, friends and family, those who have chosen to make Jesus Lord and have been baptized as his disciples, we have been raised to a new life. Let us leave here this morning, this Easter morning, living every day, every week, as his resurrected, redeemed people, people of Christ. Amen? Let's be purposeful inviting and showing others what it means to be his disciples, to live resurrected lives, seeking and saving those who are yet to choose the truth, the truth that so many tried so hard to cancel. And don't let society cancel it out in your lives today. Don't let peer pressure cancel it out in your lives today. There's a reason we're called to make Jesus Lord of our lives. That contrast is the thing that will enable others to see that you've got something so much greater worth than gold. This Easter, the words of the angel are no less true than they were at the pivotal time in history when the angel said, He is not dead, he is alive. And the Lord's people say, Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray for the communion. Father, I come before you so humbled this morning. Understanding what you were willing to do for me over 2,000 years ago is humbling. I didn't deserve it. I didn't warrant it. There's nothing I could do to achieve it, to acquire it, other than the fact that you were willing to pour out your son's blood for me so my sins would be forgiven. Father, I pray for each and every one of us here as we navigate the beginning of 2021 that today can really be a, a new start having had the opportunity to uh, join in this joyous fellowship, which we have not been able to do for over a year, I pray that this is a mark for each and every one of us that we can look to with a deeper sense of gratitude maybe than we ever have before for the gift of salvation you so graciously and unconditionally have given to those that are willing to make Jesus Lord of their lives. Father, as we take the bread and the fruit of the vine this morning, 
Let's pray that we all, each and every one of us, take pause to recount what our lives were like before we became disciples. And as challenging and as uncomfortable as it may be on occasion, that any degree of comfort that we feel has been challenged, we can look to you and what your son was willing to do for us on a cross so we could have an eternal relationship with you. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship. And Father, you know who those are in our fellowship that have health implications. Please be with them, heal them up, and God Almighty, please cancel this pandemic so we can get back to the type of worship that we have grown accustomed to, but God, it all pales in comparison to what we've been able to experience here today. Father, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.